Hello and welcome to Mental Awakening, the podcast that explores all topics related to trauma recovery, chronic pain, mental health and healing. I'm your host, Sarah DeKeely, psychotherapist and mental health social worker. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about patient acceptance. What does it mean? How can we incorporate more patience and acceptance into our lives without necessarily dismissing our needs and our feelings? Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's good to be here. I have had a very difficult week. I'm not sure if you can hear it in my voice, but um, I've finally caught the flu. <laughs> and it's interesting because I haven't been sick for, gosh, almost five years. And then here I am this week, really feeling it. <laughs> so my apologies if the sound uh, may not be the best today or if my voice is a little bit husky. I will try my best to get through this episode. I wanted to make an episode for you guys because it's been a couple of weeks since my previous one and I really do feel that showing up for this podcast is important because it's my opportunity to share things with you in a way that I can't always do in my sessions, in my one-on-one sessions. And usually the topics that I choose to talk about are Um, things that impact all of us, including myself. And so today's topic, patient acceptance, is definitely something that I have been um, faced with, you know, even more um, in my own life. Just in recent times, it's kind of become a bit more prevalent of how important it is to, to practice this art, you know, this art of acceptance and surrendering and being patient with ourselves, being patient with our challenges, being patient with our body, <laughs> the being patient with our pain and being patient with other people. You know, everyone has their own timing. Everyone has their own journey. And sometimes when we get in this headspace, which is very typical for people with TMS, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, you name it. Um, it's, it's very typical for m- many of us. You don't even have to have these, you know, symptoms and diagnoses to experience this, but it's very common that we want to control, you know, our survival brain kicks in, we want to have control, and it makes perfect sense considering that's how we are wired to you know, to operate, to exist. There's a lot of um, biological reasons for that, okay? Our brain is biologically designed to help us survive. And when we are stressed, this survival brain works even harder to ensure our safety. So when we want to get to a place of thriving, then we're going to have to challenge ourselves, challenge our perception, challenge our mind, the way we look at things, our belief systems, uh, you know, overcome 
and heal these trauma narratives that are that are not necessarily ever going to go away but it's just learning how to respond to the situations that happen in our lives from the present moment as opposed to the trauma narrative so these these this is difficult this is a difficult thing for the mind to do because it's new yeah so for the brain all new things are overwhelming this is how this brain of ours tries to protect us you know it's it's part of evolution new things tend to pose a threat to our safety and that's why a lot of people who end up going on this journey of personal development and healing tend to experience quite a lot of resistance i'll do it later i'll journal later um I can't do this. I don't know where to start. I, I'll, I don't know how to meditate. I don't know how to, you know, do the things that I really need to do for myself. So we make excuses, right? We, I hear it all the time. Oh, I didn't have time to do this because this and this and that happened in my life. And I was so stressed. I was so overwhelmed. Well, of course you're going to be overwhelmed. Whenever we introduce something new, our brain gets overwhelmed. And... Because it's solely wired for our survival, it's not really, um, I guess, made to help us become more evolved and more fulfilled. So biologically, we're only wired for survival. To become evolved and fulfilled, we have to go beyond that, right? We have to remind ourselves that we're more capable then we realize we're capable of doing difficult things and it's actually safe to get out of your comfort zone. And also, because we don't know what to expect, or the brain and mind, whatever, the human mind doesn't know what to expect, that level of uncertainty creates a lot of uneasiness within the body. You know, we want to know what's going to happen. We want to know what to expect. This is how we feel safe. This is how we feel comfortable. But the problem with that way of being is that you end up feeding this cycle of misery, you know, where you always have to be in control. And that's why when you are out of your comfort zone, everything feels so overwhelming. But we need to expose ourselves to these different, I guess, changes and challenges in order to build that resilience. And remind ourselves that it's perfectly okay to not know what to expect. That life is incredibly uncertain. That one day you feel good, the next day you might not feel so great. And that's okay too. And that it really is about learning how to trust yourself. How to practice trust with yourself. How to practice trust with your body. How to practice trust with life. And the way we get to do that is by starting with small small acts of self-care you know without putting too much pressure on yourself when you become overwhelmed take a break but don't quit don't give up and so with practice we become a lot more comfortable with the unknown and another thing that i notice as well obviously in my own life and with people i work with is that we become so used to a specific specific version of ourselves it's almost like 
we spend our entire lives perceiving ourselves a certain way, then the different patterns and reactions and coping mechanisms that because we've learned to take on become a part of this person that we that we are right and so doing the work and changing habits and you know building I guess new habits and all of that means that you're going to have to leave this old self behind and lose that version of who you think you are. And that's a really big deal. That's a confronting thing. And a lot of people don't recognize that that will come with its process and its period of grief because you're losing a version of yourself. Honestly, I've been in grief for years and I've just had to learn and practice to sit with that, sit with parts of me that are so difficult to sit with, sit with parts of me that I have spent my whole life running away from, feeling afraid of, judging, suppressing, not wanting to see, not wanting to know. The truth is that it's okay for us to feel sad. It's okay for us to feel frightened and unsure and uncertain and doubtful. It's okay for relationships to change. It's okay for your perception to change the way you see the world to change. It's okay for your relationship with families to change, friendships, right? Your career to change, your relationship with your body and all of that. So we are in the process of creating a whole new version of ourselves. And that's a lot for everybody, for most people. So whenever, you know, you think to yourself, gosh, this is so overwhelming. There's so much to do here. And I don't know if I can ever get to the end, whatever that means, you know, or I don't know if I can ever recover or heal. Or first of all, there is no end. Life will constantly challenge us and we will constantly have to work through different layers of ourselves to learn how to meet those challenges from a place of wisdom from a place of compassion from a place of acceptance which leads me to the topic of today's episode patient acceptance it's not easy to be patient i am one of the least patient people i know but thanks to all of the pain and the challenges i've experienced in my life that patience has evolved it's become stronger and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting better at it. But I don't like to look at patients in that traditional way where we just have to put up with things. I don't think we need to put up with anything. I think patient acceptance comes down to surrendering, comes down to a level of maturity, like I was saying before, trust in life, trust in yourself. And for me personally, that's what it's really about. You know, I mean, we all have um, choices in how we want to perceive life. And what I'm sharing here may not resonate with you. And that's perfectly fine. Take what resonates, leave what doesn't. But by all means, keep moving forward. Do not dismiss the work. 
you know, do not dismiss the importance of getting to a place of connecting with that core self. So the core self is just another word for this new version of you that is more authentic, right? So for those of you who see me regularly in session, I always talk about, um, well, not always, but quite often, frequently, I talk about IFS therapy, which is, stands for Internal Family Systems Therapy. Now, I love this approach. Obviously, there are many approaches. I use different you know, therapeutic modalities within sessions based on what's necessary um, and depends on the client. But I really find IFS to be quite soothing. And the reason for that is because the goal of IFS is to help people reconnect with their core self, that state of confidence, calmness, creativity, clarity, curiosity, courage, compassion, and connectedness. Obviously, we can't always be in these states, and that's not what that's about. But it's, it's really about being able to respond to all the parts of you that come through, you know, the protective parts, we call them, the anxious part, the wounded parts that are in need of nurture, you know, it could, it could show up in so many different ways, the angry part, the judgmental part, the fearful part, um, you know, the part that's the fixer, the part that's a pleaser, the part that needs control, you know, and meeting those parts from this core self. So it's really about working in a compassionate and holistic way with these protective parts that interfere with embodying the emotional and physical state of this authentic self. I like the sound of that. I really do. Mind you, this is really at the core of a lot of Eastern philosophies, I, I, I reckon. I mean, you know, compassion has been talked about repeatedly within Buddhism. And I really, I really believe in that. I think that's important. And, and for a lot of people, it's confusing. What, what is compassion? How do I, how can I be compassionate, right? They don't, we don't always know because we weren't taught how to treat ourselves in that way. You know, as children, the majority of us have been told, oh, you're so difficult. Can you just stop crying? What's wrong with you? I've had enough of you. Oh, this is exhausting. Leave me alone, right? There's a lot of that which comes with parenting. And I can appreciate that being a parent is very, very difficult and, you know, massive responsibility. But the point is that that's what we've been witnessing. That's how we've been treated right? And our parents were probably treated the same way, if not worse. So a lot of us don't know how to be, how to embody this core self, how to be compassionate. And learning about these protective parts is really important because that's how you can tap into that compassion and see that, you know, there are no parts of me that are destructive in the sense that they're trying to harm me. It's, in fact, they're trying to protect me. They're trying to protect me from what? From painful emotions. 
from things that just hurt so much and have hurt so much in the past, like rejection and even just feeling my sadness, feeling my vulnerabilities, feeling my helplessness, um, not having control, being, you know, judged. And, and these are the things that we, we end up constantly trying to avoid. Yeah. So when you do embrace and understand these protective parts of you and you get curious about them so you remember how i talked about curiosity being one of these um i guess states that this core self embodies then you can from that place of curiosity slowly get to a place of compassion because you can see that this part of you is just trying to protect you from pain you know as human beings we remember emotional pain more than we remember physical pain and we'll do you know the brain does everything it can to protect us from that from something that has been painful in the past so we don't want to go through it again and so we end up becoming defensive and we end up putting up our walls in one way or another or trying to control life or trying to control other people's reaction or their beliefs about us i mean it's you know when when you think about it it's absolute insanity isn't it that we care so much about what somebody else thinks of us or a group of people because their, I guess, opinion of us is more important than our own opinion of ourselves or whatever someone thinks of you, whomever it might be, is more important. Their opinion is more important than how you perceive yourself. This is why courage is important. Yeah, that's another part of that core self, that state of courage, the state of confidence the state of connectedness but initially all of this sounds a bit threatening it's like well how am I going to be confident how am I going to be connected how am I going to be you know um, clear and creative and um, courageous first of all all of these states are inside of you you were born with them because if you observe babies you see that they embody these states Babies are incredibly connected to themselves. They're not afraid of expressing their feelings. They're very creative. doesn't matter what they draw. They don't fear showing it to you. They don't fear being proud of what they've created. It's not even about an outcome or it's not even about what someone else thinks of it. They just love to create. You know, they can be very calm. They can be very confident. They can be very curious. And very courageous right and they can also be incredibly compassionate you know they might be eating something and it's so messy and yet they just pull their hand out and go here you know try this because they want to share it with you we were born embodying the state of that core self so the reason why patient acceptance is important is because it's only through practicing that, that we can get to the different states of the core self. It's only through being patient and accepting what's arising in this present moment that we can get to a place of going, you know what? It's okay. I can handle this. I can be with this. And even if I can't be with it, and it's so painful, that I can't be with it, I can just hold space for myself and have a cry about it. 
you know i can just have a cry about it and and just be with that unless we show up for ourselves for these parts of us and having said that i know that that's not easy because most of us were not treated in that kind of respectful way mindful present way but this is the work right this is the practice and like i said in the beginning of you know this episode our brain is going to reject what's new it's going to feel overwhelmed by what's new it's going to feel overwhelming because that's how it protects us new things pose a threat to our safety hence why we get we can get triggered yeah we can get anxious before a new job we can get um, anxious before moving to a new place everything that's new is always a threat we can get anxious i know that for a lot of my clients their initial session with me is usually the hardest one they tend to come in feeling incredibly nervous um, sometimes uh, very unsure very unsafe until I reassure them that they're okay and they're safe and there's nothing to worry about. Now, how do we practice patience and acceptance? Gosh, <laughs> it's not easy, you know. Just this week, besides getting sick, I also had, um, it was actually the end of last week, I had a facial laser treatment and... It burned my skin so my facial skin is completely burned and it's itching it's incredibly red it's swollen and it hasn't you know let me sleep for several nights while I've been completely sick with the flu and you know the skin is shedding it's just looking awful and I've tried to get help but the clinic that I went to they were giving me so many different messages from different staff members that I just ended up saying I've had it. I'm not going to get any more advice from you guys. I'm just going to leave it alone and hope for the best um, and perhaps even have to see a GP at some point in the next few days. But my point is that I was disappointed, you know. I was disappointed. Um, this whole week came out of the blue and sometimes I feel like there's one challenge after another and my mind goes into these thoughts of, oh, can I get a break? And, you know, um, that victim mentality kicks in and why is this happening to me? And so because I'm so mindful of it and I'm so aware of it now, I don't let that take over. I just know that that's a part of me that's feeling victimized and I nurture it and I listen to it. And I write about it, I ask what it's saying, I ask what it needs, I hold space for it. And I just thank it for trying to protect me from feeling vulnerable or trying to protect me from feeling angry or whatever the case may be. And I just say, it's okay, I've got this, I'm, I can get angry and that's okay. I'm okay with getting angry and it's so liberating and it's so refreshing. I actually feel so grateful, you know, for a person who never used to get angry and used to suppress anger so much. And believe me, I still have a lot of work to do around that. But my point is that I've improved. I've made major improvements because now I can finally express my anger 
when a situation shows up that, you know, when it's called for, when the situation calls for that kind of a reaction, I'm completely comfortable with it. doesn't matter what people think of me, what, you know, others might say. I actually get proud of myself, you know, and I feel proud for being able to feel and express what's coming through as opposed to suppressing it and getting all worked up and thinking about what other people might think or feeling guilty or feeling like regretful. It's exhausting, right? It's exhausting having to carry around that level of tension all the time. So when we embrace our parts and we understand them, we make space for them, then we reach a place of compassion where there is no judgment for what's coming through. There is no, oh, something's wrong with me because I feel this way. Something's wrong with me because I'm scared today or I'm anxious today or I'm overwhelmed today or something's wrong with me because I'm, uh, you know, I snapped at that person. No, it's all about returning back to love. Love from within, you know, I see my clients and I, I used to do this myself, so I have complete understanding for why we do it. But I can assure you that running around from one appointment to another, as much as it can bring comfort, which is okay, right? I still do it sometimes. Go to my masseuse, go to my physio, get a bit of, you know, TLC from someone that I'm paying. <laughs> um, but running around and reacting to everything that shows up for us, wanting someone else to give us the answers, you know, get that support that you need. But a lot of times it's not done from a place of, okay, well, this is what I would like to get help with for, let's say, a certain period of time in my life. We tend to do it from a reactive place and we keep avoiding sitting with that discomfort that's showing up. One of the best things for me has been, I mean, and the hardest things <laughs> has been sitting with my discomfort. These yucky emotions that come up, but not just sitting and dwelling in them, not like feeling sorry for myself, even though that's part of it, because that shows up with, you know, these feelings of sadness as well, but also getting activating the curiosity you know from a, looking at that sadness looking at the anger looking at the frustration and kind of going what do you have to tell me what's going on it's like you attend to that internal family within you i really see that as patient acceptance as practicing patient acceptance because Honestly, guys, you can read all the books you want. You can go to as many different health professionals as you want. But until you sit down and do this kind of work with yourself, no matter how overwhelmed your mind gets, your brain gets about it, show up for it and do the work. There is no other way out. There is no other way out. I'm not going to go to go on too much about it because, you know, this is the stuff we work on in the sessions. And if you're not seeing a therapist um, and if you're not seeing me, then please do find someone that you can work with on this stuff because 
just seeing someone for a couple of sessions is not enough. You know, I really believe that having someone to support you through all of this stuff is important. I mean, we're talking about things that impact every single area of our lives. You know, we invest in so many other things from material items to, you know, even a personal trainer or a gym for our body. But we need to invest in having support with the things that impact our mind, our psyche, our emotional world, because that's the center of everything. That's the, I guess, headquarters <laughs> for being a human. So please do that um, because there's no way I can go through everything that I talk about in these episodes, in these podcast episodes, um, to a greater depth. Um, I just introduce different things to you that can hopefully awaken that curiosity so that you do choose to dive deeper within yourself. I'm doing this work too. I'm still doing this work for myself. I'm still in all of this with all of you personally. And this is how I can support you because I get it. I know what it's like to go through things that are challenging and difficult. And I do not shy away from doing this work on a personal level because that's the only way I can be a competent therapist. And so, um, you know, I don't think it, the work is about getting rid of anything. I think the work is about feeling things, embracing things. And eventually, we can get to a place where there is less anger, there is less resistance, there is less fear. And we respond to everything that shows up, every challenge from the present moment. Right? Like for me this week, had a couple of tears, nurtured myself, soothed myself, and then also reached acceptance. Happened for a couple of days, then the tears came back again, did the same thing, repeat, and you just get on with it, right? You don't dwell on the fact that, oh my gosh, this has happened. What's wrong? Nothing good ever happens to me. Whatever the case may be, you know, I don't even think like that anymore. I don't suppress my vulnerabilities. I don't suppress my pain. I feel it over and over and over again. And I let it go because you just gotta, you gotta let that shit go, right? It becomes poisonous. It becomes toxic otherwise. Two weeks ago, I went to this Buddhist um, meditation workshop. It was like a whole day and it was amazing. It was beautiful. We were meditating and we were talking about the toxic nature of anger and how so many people walk through life every day feeling tense, resentful, and um, yeah, I guess just frustrated with life not going their way, whatever it could be, traffic not going their way, relationships not going their way, colleagues, other people, <laughs> the printer not working, the Wi-Fi being slow, you name it, right? the children not behaving. And so I realized how much anger and resistance we carry around all the time. And I talked about that in my last episode. So, you know, podcast episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, please listen to that one. It's, you know, it's a good episode on resistance. 
And I guess the point that I'm getting to is that that there is a spiritual practice, there's a spiritual component that's necessary for our healing. And that spiritual component is this relationship with the self because it's a direct reflection of your relationship with everything else, with the world outside of you. Hence why as you you know, become more conscious and aware and as you kind of dive deeper into this work, there is a natural tendency to be drawn to things like, you know, meditation or, or um, certain, you know, scriptures or certain um, religions such as Buddhism. You start to become more drawn towards those things because your internal peace becomes such a big priority for you. You know, you get to a place where you start to realize how difficult it is to manage life without it, without this internal peace, without making time for it, without nurturing it, without activating it. So, you know, since it's impossible to fulfill all of our desires or to stop unwanted things from happening to us, we have to find different ways of relating to frustrated and unwanted occurrences, right? We have to learn patient acceptance. And patience is usually a mind that is able to accept fully whatever occurs. And it's a lot more than just grinding your teeth and putting up with things. Being patient means that you welcome whatever arises. You give up the idea that things should be other than what they are. You know, it's always possible for us to be patient, even if we think that it isn't. It actually is. There is really no situation that bad that we can't accept it. It takes a bit of, I guess, uh, work to get to that place within us where we can actually accept it, because usually we tend to fight whatever's showing up or whatever's happened. And it's a process. But when patience is present in our mind, it's actually impossible for us to experience unhappiness. I mean, we can still feel all kinds of stuff, you know. <laughs> we can always feel all kinds of stuff. Feelings, emotions, thoughts are constantly coming and going. But there are many, many examples of people who have managed to practice patience even in the most extreme circumstances you know even while being tortured or fighting cancer or going through uh, all kinds of horrible things by learning to accept the small difficulties and hardships that arise every day in the course of our lives gradually this capacity for patient acceptance actually starts to increase and we will come to know for ourselves the freedom and joy that, that it really can bring. You know, but we have to do it voluntarily. You know, it's a bit like um, practicing the patience of voluntarily accepting suffering. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but that's, that's really the way. Um, but if we end up dwelling on unhappy thoughts and we end up judging everything that shows up then it's much more difficult for us to activate this 
part of us that can be patient and accepting for what's showing up, which is why I think doing it, you know, in with uh, IFS therapy, like what I suggested earlier, embracing the parts, getting to know the parts, acknowledging why the parts of you, these different parts of you are trying to protect you and what they're trying to protect you from is a much much easier way or not necessarily I don't want to say easy because it's not easy but it's a much more helpful way I would say to experience that patient acceptance so frequently what happens is we resist what shows up so when there's pain or discomfort like for me this week there's been a lot of pain and discomfort instead of focusing on the pain and the discomfort if I make space for it and I embrace it what I do is I just allow it to be and so instead of resisting what's showing up I make space what's showing up does it mean that I like it no does it mean that I continue to be uncomfortable yes does it mean that I continue to be in pain yes does it mean that it will stay yeah it might stay does it mean that it will go yeah it might go so why do it then well the difference is that when you allow for something to be you reduce resistance and in turn end up experiencing more relief and get through it much better whereas when you feed resistance with more resistance it just gets worse. So instead of thinking about pain or whatever discomfort you may be in, start thinking about other things. Imagine yourself being on a beautiful beach. Imagine yourself being in a beautiful place. Imagine yourself doing something you love or listening to your favorite song or, you know, focus on something other than just always resisting the pain. And believe it or not, the more you allow for some level of discomfort to be there, the better you get at it. The better you get at being with it without it completely consuming you. So to leave you guys with this, our physical pain is closely related to the tension and stress in our mind. As our mind relaxes, we learn and we can learn, we may learn, and we may discover that the physical pain actually subsides. It minimizes. And we may even discover that our body is able to heal itself. But the problem is that often we are so resistant to changing we are so resistant to doing the work because it overwhelms us that we give up. So if you can just patiently accept what's going on, what's showing up, including the parts of you that get frustrated and overwhelmed and, you know, impatient, <laughs> then you will be able to patiently accept challenges and suffering and this will in turn enable you to maintain a much more peaceful and positive mind in the face of distressing circumstances and it will also help you 
gain a clear and, I guess, compassionate view of the situation. There is a richness in this present experience that we lose as soon as we get caught up in what's going on in our mind. And I know that it's hard to not be in your mind. I mean, gosh, I'm always in my mind. My mind is running the show, obviously, a lot of times. But when you activate the curious observer within you, then all of a sudden, there's more to you than just this conditioned mind, right? And from that place, you can access your power. So today, I really urge you guys to choose to live in your present experience, choose to practice patient acceptance, and see what happens. What happens when I accept? What happens when I surrender? Do I experience relief? Does sadness arise? Do I allow myself to experience the sadness, the vulnerability, the pain? Do I resist it? Activate the curious part of you. I want to remind you guys about something, and that is that we have a part of us, a very powerful part of us that I call the grieving part. The part that's always grieving something that's happening in life to other people, to ourselves, to our body. I feel like as human beings, we have to somehow make peace with grief because we're always grieving something. We're always grieving something. So make sure to bring and explore and, you know, use your curiosity to really understand your grief Because no matter what you're going through and no matter, you know, whether you do this work or don't do this work, you're dealing with some level of grief. Depending on the day of your life, there's always some grief. You know, might be grieving that you don't feel good today. You might be grieving that your partner isn't the way you want him to be or your job isn't the way you want it to be or your health or finances or you name it, life, other people. We're always grieving something. We're sometimes even grieving that the weather isn't the way we want it to be. So, yeah, whatever shows up, bring that in. Bring that into the work. What is this part of me saying? How can I be with this part? I love this quote by Tara Brock where she talks about how radical acceptance, which is the same thing as really patient acceptance, is the willingness to experience ourselves and our lives as it is. And to make peace with that which is uncomfortable, with that which is unwanted, with that which is painful. Pain is not wrong. Reacting to pain as wrong is what actually ends up initiating that trance of unworthiness. The moment we believe something is wrong, our world shrinks and we lose ourselves in the effort to combat pain. And the truth is that we're uncomfortable because everything in our life keeps changing. 
our inner mood changes, our body changes, our work changes, our the people we love change, their needs change, their behavior changes, the world we live in changes. And when we're really stressed, when we're constantly stressed, the survival brain takes over and everything becomes about keeping things safe and keeping things in a way that feels controllable. But we can't hold on to anything. Nothing in this life can be held on to. Not a beautiful sunset, not a taste of something wonderful, not an intimate moment with a lover. Everything, our entire existence, even the body, the mind, everything that we call self comes and goes. It's constantly in a state of movement and changing. And this is what frightens us when we lack permanent satisfaction. We constantly need another injection of stimulation, reassurance, medicine, exercise, meditation, you name it. We're just constantly needing something in our drive to become something more, to experience something else. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, well, I've said it before, we need to make peace with discomfort. We need to make peace with the concept of suffering. Doesn't mean that you give up doesn't mean that you quit. It just means that you patiently accept and embrace it. All right, everybody, that's it for today. It was a longer episode, but I hope that you have found it to be helpful. Thank you again for tuning in. If you would like to work with me, you can find more information on mentalawakening.com.au. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review as it will help other people to access the information shared here. I look forward to speaking to you guys again in a couple of weeks time with a brand new episode. Until then, take care, everybody. Bye for now.